and welcome to the Cargo Bay, a Star Wars conversation podcast being transmitted to you from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I am Brady C. Here with my co-host, as always, Adam B. How you doing this fine early morning, BC? Ooh, it's early. Uh, I'm good. It's uh, we uh, uh, insider info for everyone out there. We record these on Friday mornings, uh, so feeling good. I I have tomorrow off, taking a little little, little time off tomorrow. Uh, going to a wedding in beautiful nice. Central Arkansas. Uh, nice. So going going to be doing that, uh, but mostly excited that I'm not working tomorrow. Uh, so uh, you know, up I've got I've got my coffee. I'm I'm becoming a caffeinated nice. individual. Uh, how are you? What's how, how you been? Oh, I guess I've been okay, BC. <laughs> this is um, this is the performative how you been's because we've actually done a little bit of this. Yeah, we don't we don't just hit call and then start recording immediately. Yeah, we we tend to like check in with each other and see how we're doing. But this is the performative. How you doing for for our uh, thousands of <laughs> listeners? Oh, um, now you know what I'm going to save that for hobby talk. Ooh, uh, if I you want to hear me say something embarrassing, you can check out our episode of hobby talk that will be on our YouTube page. Um, but BC, because we you know briefly spoke earlier i heard you got a little surprise for me <laughs> i got a surprise for you it's just a, a general uh intro banter not covered in did something happen are you being invaded <laughs> I don't know. Someone is, someone's getting real honked out there <laughs> someone's getting real honky <laughs> beep, 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 beep. yeah so a couple things uh uh, spoiler, today we are going to be covering uh, a a little corner of the Star Wars universe known as the Star Wars Adventure Journal, specifically the short story, The Most Dangerous Foe, by Angela Phillips, uh, which we will. I'm going to love getting into that with you here shortly. But this week, new Andor footage was released, and, and yes. you sent me a message and and it seems like you're, it seems like you're back on board. Seems like you're going in on it. Seems like you're feeling pretty, pretty psyched, pretty checked. I know, I, I know you weren't like out wait, on wait, it. Wait, wait, back on board. But, but the oh, enthusiasm, I guess I, the second, the enthusiasm. Of, I felt like rose a level after the footage was released. Yeah, because the second trailer, there was just, yeah. I, I don't know, there was just enough in the second trailer where I was like, oh, right, this could be not great, right. <laughs> like like other Star Wars things sometimes are. Uh, I like the shorter first trailer, but yeah, it's, it just seems like a much more competent dialogue scene than, like, <laughs> than a lot of what we've gotten recently. Uh, um, giant Blade Runner-esque set that they're on, um, a real location. It's incredible. Like you can tell that it's real, um, and then also it's just like, all right, so yeah, they're not. We're not going into any new territory necessarily, but the tone's a little different, and also just like the the dialogue is written as I don't know in a more real way than like Boba Fett standing around a table saying like, oh. what do we do now? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out John Favreau for some of your best writing ever. Um, I'm going to make the Godfather with Boba Fett. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you how you did on that mission. Uh, it's fine. 
it's fine. Don't worry. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, ap- apologies yeah. to Boba Fett fans. We we are not uh, huge Book of Boba Fett I, heads over here. I wouldn't say I was not, but I did see someone was trying to start a rumor that season two was confirmed, and I was like, all right. <laughs> like I'll watch it. I'm not opposed to it. I, I just don't. I, I mean, I'll, I'm obviously going to watch any and everything, basically that's going to come out Star Wars, um, including yeah. a Book of Boba Fett season two that really hasn't earned my trust, but I'm still going to watch it. Um, now the Andor footage, I did like that. You get you get Scarsguard bringing bringing some chops to yeah. that role. You know, I'll give you a thousand credits to tell me how you got that information. <laughs> Love it, fantastic! What a what a perfect mixture of like you know, and a, a character that's a little overdone maybe, but like you know, the performance is it's good, it's good, it's good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I I did purchase my uh, tickets for the IMAX release of Rogue One, Ooh, uh, which is nice. coming back to theaters this week uh, today. It's opening today. Uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna hop on that because I really like Rogue One, and I don't think I'd mind seeing that on an IMAX screen and chomping down on some popcorn and having a soda. I love going yeah, to the movies. Like fun. Uh, and apparently, there's gonna be a look, uh, a, a you know, another sort of sneak peek into some Andor stuff. I'm not sure if it's what we just saw or if there's additional footage with Rogue One, but it was just seeing Rogue One back okay. in in theaters was enough for me to be like yeah i'll go check it out and if there's andor stuff great but uh yeah i'm i'm uh excited about that uh so that was that was one thing i wanted to bring up here's another thing i wanted to, i want to see where this is on your radar and, and apologies to you star wars fans out there i'm gonna take a a wild divergence into the realm of middle earth oh Ooh. Ab, we we go into the to the what's it called? The Rings of Power. We're so, going. I want, the series. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. The Rings of Power. I think is what we're dealing yeah. with here. Just a quick temperature check. Where are you at um, with this? I, I don't have Amazon Prime, mm. so I it's I've just kind of haven't been following it because I know I'm not going to be able to see it at least for a while. Um, I guess my temperature is I'm not going to pay Amazon money to watch it right away. Uh, That's fair. I I mean, I I love I think that the Lord of the Rings trilogy is the best film trilogy ever made. (laughs) I think it's it's incredible. It's, uh, you know, I'm a Star Wars boy. That's yeah. my number one franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if we're picking franchises over here, yeah. I like I like Star Wars and I like the Cubs. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I don't, I don't know anything about the Cubs. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I've seen a lot of like doubt online. I've seen pe- like the last thing I saw was someone like took a screenshot of a trailer and they were like this armor isn't you know handmade like wet a workshop did and I'm their like, head's okay, not yeah. the right shape <laughs> yeah, the yeah. armor's wrong <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry sorry our random fan from the internet showed up again <laughs> i mean i i the first production images that came out i was like that looks a little bit cheesy uh but then again a lot of stuff looks like that <laughs> like it winds up being okay like the stills from prey looked bad um yeah. that i saw it just looks too clean 
Um, but I don't know. The trailer looked okay, if I remember. Where are you, BC? I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of... Uh, I'm not as excited as I thought I would be. Cons- I mean, considering I, I fall very much in step with you on how I feel about the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, not so much the Hobbit movies. Um, <laughs> but but if no, we're talking Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, those are some of my favorite theatrical experiences that I've ever had in my life. Um, yeah, and I'm obviously we're we're Star Wars boys for sure, but I think. It the at the time that Fellowship of the Ring came out is is akin to when like seventy seven Star Wars would have hit. You know, what I mean, yeah. like we got prequel trilogies, which were like these are fun, but they're nowhere near the Star Wars original trilogy. When Fellowship of the Ring came out, it blew my brain out of the back of my head, and I was like, "This is the greatest thing that's ever been made," and I think we should all be yeah. talking yeah. about it all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, like the movie was, you know, it's like what. The theatrical cut is almost like three hours. I sat down and like they're just now starting to their journey. I'm like, wait, what? No, I need the rest of this movie right now. You don't understand. <laughs> I am fully invested in this. Uh, yeah. So that, that I mean, that is still probably my most memorable theatrical experience was seeing Fellowship for the first time. Um, yeah, me too. And I, we've talked about it at various places before, but it was it was very much like I had to be convinced to go see it because I was too cool for school to be to be on board with wizards and all that kind of stuff. And then I watched it because my mom was like, "No, you need to see this," because she'd read the books, you know, like a, a while ago. Yeah. She's like, she's like, "No, you are going to go with me, and you are going to." enjoy this and i was like fine <laughs> and then she she's never been more, more right about anything in her entire life because i walked out of there i was like all right we gotta go get those books now i guess because i'm not gonna wait uh but yeah that was, I, my mom did the same same exact thing we saw the trailer in the theater and i was like that looks kind of silly <laughs> and she was like you're a stupid little boy you're gonna love that you're gonna love that shit like, and yeah. she bought me the hobbit which i read before going so that i could annoy my dad by whispering things like that's bilbo (laughs) he's the keeper of the ring he won (laughs) that in a game of riddles that kind of was a cheating thing (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah that was the the thing i remember most was like when they got to rivendell i was like that was the best movie (laughs) that was incredible and then they just kept going and i was like this is amazing this is the best yeah, I, which, considering how, like, excited I am just talking about the memories of it, like, I have no feeling at all for this Rings of Power. That being said, yeah. I'm going to watch it, right? It's it's something that I am going to partake in, but it's, I, I'm just going in with, uh, it's probably good, no expectations, but it's like, I, it's so hard for anything that's going to be, you know, IP branded Lord of the Rings to compete with. With obviously the memories that we were just talking about of like, it was the greatest experience I've ever had in a movie theater. Now I'm going to watch a TV show in my living room uh, with characters that I, you know, tangentially know. I feel like it's really similar to Star Wars where it's like, man, here was this magical thing where everyone was just on their A game. And now we're going to try to recreate it with more money. (laughs) <laughs> like mm-hmm. right we're gonna we're gonna throw more money at it and and try to i mean i don't know that they have 
I imagine they have a bigger budget than those original three movies, though, considering it was nine hours of film. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it wasn't that big of a budget. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure that, the, I mean, Amazon, all hail our overlord. Um, I'm pretty sure that they forked out an incredible amount of money for this in, in an effort to boost Amazon Prime, which traditionally is just been kind of a crappy streaming service i mean there's just not i mean there's some there's some stuff on there that's okay i mean the boys i know people like um oh yeah and uh was it is it invincible the the cartoon based off of the the graphic novels uh is pretty good i mean there's some stuff on there but this is they're like hey we need to compete with game of thrones you know everyone's like we've got to have our game of thrones for our streaming service Game of Thrones, of course, just came back with House of the Dragon this past week, which, of course, I watched. Uh, How was that? It was fine. You know, it's like it's it's yeah. I I think the like the reviews larger like as a as a first episode, it's it functions. It serves a function for what this show needs to be, which is hey, we need to remind people of Game of Thrones because people liked Game of Thrones. Man, so, well, they liked early Game of Thrones too, and then you threw a bunch of dragons in there. It's just—I don't know anything about Game of Thrones, PC. It just seems weird to me that they're going to dragons, where what what I want is more like you know, uh, like dark medieval like vibes and people having conversations. <laughs> I I think they're I think they're gonna I think with this it it feels like there's a little of something for everybody because there is right. very much the 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 throne is at play you get that sense immediately but they also aren't afraid to be like dragons you know like you've you've we start with dragons right like we we open up and they let us know there's people riding dragons around um and there's dragons doing dragon things which we all love uh because dragons are cool uh also a spoiler for the most dangerous foe um, <laughs> yeah yeah we got a dragon in the most dangerous yeah, we, foe as well. we do have a little dragon action in the most dangerous foe um but it i think it's it's walking a line between those two things of like people really love dragons but the political intrigue is still there i think they went out of their way to reinforce it. like we've got the things that you traditionally like about game of thrones and it seems like they're they're very much going out of their way to be like early game of thrones by the way <laughs> you know because yeah. it got it got pretty stinky at the end uh i i will say that i the the first few seasons of game of thrones are like top tier you know fantasy stuff and then it it gets bad once they sort of lose their mooring because the books haven't been written and just yeah. a couple of dudes who were like all right let's figure out the end of game of thrones huh um <laughs> and they, they just didn't have the roadmap um and i i think the quality was reflected in the uh, final couple seasons of it. So, uh, but yeah, it's like uh, we're, there'll be no shortage of, of fantasy on our streaming services uh, with Lord of the Rings. That comes out on the second, and then uh, the House of the Dragon is is coming out on Sundays now. So we'll see. Well, I wish the best for all you uh, Game of Thrones fans. You, you deserve for it to be good, and so maybe it'll heat up. Maybe it'll heat up. Maybe we get like some twists and turns that come and you don't even expect. Ooh, it's gonna be spicy. <laughs> but I'm excited to hear what you say about the uh, the Rings of Power BC because that will determine whether or not I 
I, I find a way to watch it or not. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely give you my my first impression uh, whenever whenever I whenever it comes out because like I said I'm I'm not overly excited about it but because it is Lord of the Rings I'm I'm obviously going to give it the time of day, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see Andor because uh, it does seem like it'll at least be on par with with these other kind of you know more more adult quote unquote <laughs> yeah. things hit adult fantasy hitting the the streaming services um it does i'm ready it ready for that it is kind of like all the streaming services are like hey we're going to put out some some more kind of adulty fantasy for you people with with game of thrones i didn't even put this together until you just said it but it's like game of thrones came out and then lord of the rings is coming out and then andor is coming out basically all at the same time it seems like those are geared or at least being marketed towards uh, an older yeah older audience um, obviously game of thrones is just like <laughs> pure <laughs> pure tvma uh <laughs> as it were yeah um but yeah if, if andor is that tvma version for disney it's going to be like a like a hard pg probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's funny when when we've watched episodes of the Clone Wars, and I'm like, well, this is about as dark as we've gotten <laughs> in Star Wars. The most adult content from Star Wars <laughs> does tend to come from the cartoons, uh, which is, I think, interesting. Well, BC, you already said it. Um, you already said it. We got a dragon in this story that we're reading. Um, but before we get to the dragon. <laughs> We've got uh we've got another surprise, which is the the wheel the, the wheel of fate, which we spin to decide what piece of Star Wars content we're gonna dig into in, in our thousands of boxes here in the cargo bay. Uh it's a little mystical and yeah. a little creepy in this this instance. Uh so we spun this wheel two weeks ago, I guess, mm -hmm. to get mm -hmm. this this piece of content, which yep. is a short story. That is part of like an adventure guide that's meant for a Star Wars role playing game from the early '90s, early to mid '90s, whenever this came out. Uh, and and the the author BC, you you sent me a little Discord message, and I was sh I was shivering in my boots because this this episode has turned into an in memoriam uh, it, it episode. Ha it has, and it it. It freaked me out, man, uh, because as as I was doing my my general sort of like, what the heck are we talking about? Kind of kind of research here. Um, you know, I pulled up Star Wars Adventure Journals. Got, I've got the information on that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about what Star Wars Adventure Journals uh, were. Um, but the the particular story that we're reading was written by one uh, Angela Phillips. Uh, that was that was her her name at the time of writing it, uh, and so I was like, you know what, we we found some good information about the author who who wrote uh, what was that Star Wars Adventures book Star Wars Episode One Adventures Book Ten The Festival of Warriors Yeah, that classic. Uh, so he had he had a Wikipedia page was able to you know we were able to find some information about him. So I was like, you know, I'll I'll do some digging. I was like, you know, it might be even interesting to see if. If Angela Phillips is on Twitter and just to like say, hey, we're, we're going to be talking about a short story you wrote in the mid 90s. Um, sadly, you're not able to do that because I found out that she passed away 
a week ago, which kind of freaked me out. <laughs> like a lot. Because like Yeah, well, weird coincidence. Well, what are the odds that we're gonna spin a wheel of fate that has with one thousand over a thousand something? <laughs> which has individual short stories from Star Wars adventure journals from the nineties. We're gonna land on Angela Phillips, uh who became Angela P. Wade was was her uh, married name. This was how I was able to find her because she's got a you know she's got an Amazon page. She had some some stuff published, not a lot. Seems like she um, did did some more writing. She's got three of these adventure journal stories. But I went on Twitter to see if I could like Thanks. find her and, and let her know. And the only mention I found was uh, a friend who noted that Angela P. Wade had had passed away a few days ago. And I was able to, like, I had to kind of sleuth around because she's not like a huge author or anything, which I'm yeah. not, not not taking away anything from her. It seems like she had a, a very wonderful life, um, and her friends spoke very highly of her in her eulogy, but mentioned specifically that Angela P. Wade was an author and had been in poor health for, I guess, a little while. Um, but yeah, it just, it was kind of a weird, freaky, cosmic coincidence that as I was doing my research on this, I found out she she passed away less than a week ago. The wheel of fate, man. Well, it keeps spinning. Rest in peace to, to Angela Phillips, who was part of the greatest era in Star Wars, 90s EU Star Wars. It's, it's <laughs> like it, it's, it's amazing to think of the time when when you could get a shot, you could get a break in Star Wars. Now it feels Almost insurmountable now that the mouse has snatched it and got a hold of all this sort of stuff. The the rumor used to be that you could literally send a book to to Lucas uh, or to Lucasfilm or Skywalker or Lucas Books, right? And that it would be read. <laughs> like that's that's what the rumor was when I was growing up. Is like, hey, you want to get into sci-fi writing? You should write a Star Wars novel and just send it in because George Lucas might read it. And if if it gets to Lucas and he's like, oh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's then it like goes <laughs> through. In. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but that was as someone who grew up thinking I'm going to be a, a sci-fi paperback writer. That's what I'm going to do. That was you know that was one of the. The dreams, and yeah. I, I don't think that's how it works at Disney. <laughs> I, I, think... I have a very strong feeling that is not at all how it works at Disney. <laughs> just if I'm guessing, uh, yeah, it, it it just it's. I mean, and, and that's one of the things that I have really enjoyed about spinning our wheel is just finding out how much w w random weird stuff is actually out there, like like this short story from the Star Wars Adventure Journal again. Doing the research, I was like, okay, Star Wars Adventure Journal. I have no idea what that is. Um, it is, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the, the download from the Wikipedia. Uh, so this is, it's almost like a, a monthly publication, right? This is from West End Games, who was the publisher of the Star Wars role-playing game from 1987 to 1998. Um, and so wow. between 94 and 97... They published these Star Wars adventure journals. Um, there were 15 issues printed containing short stories by both well-known and relatively unknown Star Wars authors. 
There were adventures and source material for Star Wars, the role-playing game. There was galaxy-wide news nets, in-universe news reports from throughout the galaxy, interviews with personalities from all walks of Star Wars literature, and reviews of new and upcoming Star Wars products. Sounds like a fantastic publication to me. Uh, yeah. They were eventually discontinued because of essentially licensing issues uh, being too expensive for for West End Games to continue the license. Um, but it seems like... At least West End Games had a pretty good run with the main role-playing game for over a decade, and then yeah. like a short span with these adventure journals. So, because uh, I was, I was, they're pretty cool-looking journals. To oh, uh, like, they're, it's, I would love to have been receiving these oh, through the mail if that's how that, that oh, went down. Man, like I was shocked to find out, like the because we we didn't buy this uh we were able to uh, locate it on the internet due, uh, thanks to an internet hero uh who has helped yeah. uploaded the scans of all of the adventure journals uh, internet uh, the older i get the more i'm like the people who do the most good on the earth are the people who are throwing things onto internet archives <laughs> like yeah uh it's it's important it's important that this stuff, all this weird stuff is cataloged. If humanity survives, anyway, like it's, it's good to have a record of some of this weird, obscure media that probably isn't that accessible. Um, right. So. And, and, you know, Angela Phillips deserves to be remembered on the Internet and people need to be able to see your work. And it's I think it's it's fun stuff. Uh, and it it was kind of I don't know. I was not knowing. I didn't know what to expect when I open the pdf right and then i saw that like these journals are hundreds of pages like it's they're massive they're big (laughs) they're big publications and and essentially what it is is or at least this short story is like it's like a mini role-playing game mission right like you get character cards essentially with their stats and stuff so you get you get all that information you get the little bit of the short story but there are multiple of these in each issue that have you know here's an adventure you can role play with here's the short story that goes with it here's the character information go go play go create your campaign which i thought was really cool and it it just made me want to to get into star wars role playing even more which is pretty nerdy but i'm a nerd so i really don't care it seems like fun yeah yeah i would i would like to uh i'd like to read more of these uh figure out like because this one this one seems like a it seems very simple similar to the episode one adventure yeah that we read which is like this is kind of geared at a very young audience yeah this, this is like it's like an intro-y kind of kind of mission but i mean we've got i mean there's timothy zahn has stuff in here who i mean famously writes the yeah the thrawn series like some of his earliest thrawn stuff is is in the star wars adventure journals um so it's wild yeah it's it's kind of wacky that that this stuff is out there but it seems like if you were to comb through the 15 volumes you can probably find some pretty cool hidden gems uh for role-playing games yeah yeah and i i don't know enough about the game but like this doesn't seem necessarily like something you would follow along with it's written it is written as a it's written as a you know as a short story, not as a uh, prompt for an adventure right. necessarily. But then you have all the necessary information, I guess, if you're going to do a campaign out of it. Uh, yeah, I I was a little bit surprised with how this starts, VC. Yeah, which is 
a bunch of kids gathered around wanting to hear a bedtime story, essentially. And then it cuts to the bedtime story, but it's not being told as a story. It's being, it's just here we are now in this other short story that has been referenced by the man telling the story. It's, it's, it's very, I was like, oh, this is like, um, the princess bride, you know, where you've got okay. grandpa telling the story to, to the kid in bed, uh, as, as they're escaping, uh, the Yavin base, I think. Is that what I read? Yeah. 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 So they're escaping the Yavin yeah, base they're... and they're like, Hey, Hey, tell us a story about dragons. That's our dragon callback. Distract from, us from the war. Yeah, that's that's our callback to dragons, uh, because these kids are like, we want to hear a story about dragons, and uh, and then we jump into into the most dangerous foe, the story of Vicky Ramuni, 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 uh, Ramune, which is let me put this into the the old search engine right quick because okay. I believe this is a beverage. <laughs> <laughs> one Ramune, uh, please. Yeah, Ramune with one e instead of two at the end is a Japanese carbonated soft drink, uh, which you know I've seen sold out here. They have like a weirdly indented bottle, and I think sometimes there's like a glass bead at the top that like uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, whose mouth is sealed by a round marble thanks to the pressure of the carbonated contents. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting, uh, interesting drink, and it is yeah, Ramune. <laughs> Ramyun. So the story takes place about a Japanese drink. Who's <laughs> uh, training to be a Jedi. Yeah, je- uh, yeah. so uh, uh, she is finishing her, her Jedi training. This is in the Old Republic, so we're going we're going back in the, time. It, yeah, the, the guy's like, let me tell you a story about the High Republic. Yes, the High Republic, yes. The, the Jedi were at their peak. Um and then it starts out being like, you know, um, hey, are you ready to finish your Jedi training? And it seems like this person hasn't really been trained at all yet. <laughs> um. We we're experiencing some technical difficulties here in the cargo bay, which uh, you know we're living in a used future, BC. <laughs> we're we're taking fire. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's rough out here, man. Uh, we believe we were just talking about the dragon that our hero crosses paths with. Indeed, yes. So we've we've brought our little brother uh, on board with us. He's got the lightsaber. We we hear danger approaching. It's a twenty-legged Star Wars dragon, uh, who is the guardian of the Cave of Truth. Uh, is this dragon a Jedi Master? Am I understanding this correctly? I I, th- I feel like this dragon is more like a you know a less wise Bindu. It's a younger okay. Bindu. <laughs> we'll go with the younger version of Bindu, uh, though he be thousands of years old. Willem, Willem, Lewin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Willem Lewin? Willem Lewin of the Dinawuguin <laughs> is his name. Goodness said it better myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got this 20-legged dragon. Uh, obviously, she's freaked out. She draws her saber, and he's like, hold on. I'm a friend. Um, and we learn the lesson, don't be hasty. 
then they just just generally kind of shoot the breeze for a little bit. Yeah. Just talk, just talk about life on Alderaan. Uh, our, our siblings are, are yeah. force sensitives from One Alderaan. One of the weird things about this is when this Jedi finishes her Jedi training, she gets to go back to her home world. Uh, or at least that's yeah. the setup at the beginning is like when you're not quite done with your training yet, but almost, and then you'll get to go home. <laughs> so, okay. And yeah, it's like you, you graduate and then you go back home to become essentially like a, like a producer of wine. It almost sounds like is what this family does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is kind of the vibe that I was getting. Um, but it, what they do requires patience on Alderaan in their particular agrarian setup that they've got there uh so that's uh that's nice uh anyway so we're, we're gonna have just a little bit of download about character history um we get to kind of the the edge of the cave of truth but oh boulders boulders blocking the entrance what's a what's, jedi to do what's a force sensitive being to do you guessed it use the force uh a la ray uh in the last jedi we're gonna move some, gonna move some rocks. Uh, so that's what that's what our hero Vicky does. She moves some rocks uh, and enters a cave of darkness, total darkness. Nothing can be seen. Uh, now, keep in mind this is a timed test. Pencils five have hours. to be down at that five hour mark. Otherwise, it's a it's a pass fail sort of situation. Yeah. Uh, so she's going through the darkness and uh, she finally sees some light and. It's it's a place that it almost reminds her of home. There's a little light. You know, we, we've got uh, some food set upon the table. How nice it would be to just sit back, relax, have a little meal during your yeah, test. She's been hungry this whole time. You know, Ugh, she's been starving. Rumble in her tummus. But she sits down. She's going to pass out. She knows this. She's too tired. She's just gonna. She's just gonna pass right out, and then the exam will be over. This is a feeling that I very much understand uh, when presented with the option to go to a test or sleep. A lot of times, <laughs> I just chose to sleep. Um, but she uh, she she resists the urge to eat and relax, and then immediately sees a skeleton in the corner, <laughs> and the food basically dissolves into, like, maggots and worms and stuff. It pulls uh, Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade, and all the food ages super rapidly and <laughs> turns into a mess. Uh, and and that's kind of the end of that encounter. <laughs> She's just like, gross! <laughs> She's like, icky, on to the next room. She rolls a, a 20 and advances to the next room um, where she finds a, a gem... Uh, just an incredibly valuable gem, which she could just take and pay for everything with. Yeah, it's like, oh, I could take this home, and my parents could hire half of Alderaan to work our flower wine farm. <laughs> but she resists. She, it's a test of her willpower, of course, uh, and she uses the gem to get to the next room. She like That's, throws it into like some lasers that are blocking yeah. her path and yeah. And then she she's on to the next room, uh which this is a classic Star Wars uh test of wills is mirrors. Oh, mirrors. <laughs> you see yourself everywhere. Uh she sees illusions of people and places from her life and then and then there's a foe 
that she's going to attempt to fight. She's ready. She's going to rush into battle, but then water starts pouring into this mirrored chamber. And then she realizes there's no foe there. She sees herself in the mirror. Perhaps the greatest foe is the foe within. So she turns off that red lightsaber uh, because she sees herself in the mirror distorted and she's like, gross, once again. She's like, I look like a dark Jedi. I'm like, yeah, well, you got that red saber. Uh, It's because you're rocking a corrupted (laughs) crystal, my friend. Um, And so she, she puts her saber away and she pushes the the mirror aside um and behind it or in the next room or something is her master who says congratulations you did it now give me a summary of what you went through <laughs> <laughs> and and we learned of the the test of uh, hastiness of uh willpower and uh, impatience, and fear, and and physical limitations, and and no, yeah, fi- she mentions physical limitations, um, patience, and then also understanding that she is her own greatest foe. All great stuff. Now, here's my thing: I don't have the uh, I don't have the highest confidence in this particular Jedi at the moment. You no. know what I mean? Yeah, like coming coming out of this test, I'm not immediately like, let's send this person into some battle negotiations. This is still, uh, this still very much feels like a training wheel Jedi to me. Yeah, yeah, I they they cut them out young here uh, in this era of Star Wars. I guess <laughs> they just and she was recruited. I think it mentions it like she was recruited at like 13 or something, which is uh, relatively old. So. Uh, uh, compared to some of the younglings that we see training in in the more recent eras, yeah, yeah. Uh, although, so maybe there's some questionable stuff going on at this Jedi school. Uh, but I do like <laughs> the idea of, hey, if you're a Jedi, um, we're gonna send you back to your home world once you're a Jedi. Maybe you can connect with the people and problems there better than us just sending you willy nilly across across the galaxy. I actually love that idea because it um it believe it or not makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's it's something that I really liked in one of the uh the Star Wars Visions thing uh or um, Visions episodes which was the the Village Bride one where you get a sense of the people who have like they called it the Maja or like the the spirit of the force like it had a different name there but the way that the people of that planet connected with it it was like different than if a Jedi just came in and was like, "This no, this is the Force," and they're yeah, like, yeah. "No, it's the Magi." Um, like, no, we have our own relationship with it. Uh, so I do like that idea of a Jedi going back to their own planet and having like a a deeper connection or understanding of the world around them. I think that's really smart. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how you ingratiate yourself to to people or infiltrate rather is, uh, you know, bring someone that they know already. Bring the, the daughter of the, the wine family. The flower wine festival is a really funny description because it's like there's so much booze you can get drunk just from the air. Ooh, <laughs> baby. Fun times on Alderaan. <laughs> yeah, but the Jedi saw this plan and were like, you know what? Let's send an outsider 
to essentially colonize this land and become the most powerful being in the realm. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's go with that route as opposed to the friendly neighborly face that uh, we could send back as a protector and guardian. So, yeah, I guess, though, uh, Vicky at the end of this, she's headed back to Alderaan. Her little brother's got more training to do, it would seem. Yep. Um. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the end of that adventure. And then the kids are like, wow, that was a great story. We're sleepy. Great story. Yeah, great, fantastic story. Uh, also, quick shout out to the artwork in these. Yeah. Because there, yeah. there, there are a couple uh, images, illustrations that accompany... Uh, these stories, uh, which was nice to see. Yeah, it's cool. She's not wearing traditional Jedi garb. Indeed. Looks more like a uh, warrior princess. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where Where do you... Uh, let's just get a, a... Let's do a temperature check on this. What, what, are you, what are you feeling overall about the, the most dangerous foe, the Star Wars Adventure Journal? Uh, in terms of... This is something we just dove into... Yeah, obviously, uh, randomly, uh, and then we also had to cope with the loss of the author as we were doing that. But uh, wh- what's your what's your main takeaway from the Star Wars Adventure Journal, the most dangerous foe? Well, I need to read more of these adventure journals. Seems like uh, there's going to be a lot of weird stuff in here, and I love weird stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mean, I, I would have liked some more action. Yeah, uh, you know, thinking of myself as a little boy, I I would have been wanting wanting to actually slay the dragon and all that. You know, I've been wanting to do some stuff, but this is much more of a like, here's a moral tale, here's a parable for you. Yeah, it, as a as a role playing game adventure, I would have been pretty disappointed if the uh, the dungeon master was like, "Don't fight the dragon." It's your friend. <laughs> I'm be like, you just presented me with a a dangerous impending thing coming up. I've got a lightsaber from my little brother that I didn't have before. I kind of want to fight the dragon, but it's like, no, because the lesson is don't be hasty. And be like, I want to be hasty. I've got a lightsaber. But I get it. It's a nice it's a nice Jedi lesson. It's a good early, early adventure, I would say. But for me, yeah, I'd, I'd rather take on something a little more adventurous. I, uh, you know, I don't know how this role-playing game works, but if this were D&D, you would have to contend with your character maybe killing the dragon, um, or maybe bringing the dragon along, or maybe going to the dark side, or basically doing whatever the character wants to do, right? Or the player, (laughs) rather. Right, yeah. So I I do wonder what the parameters are around this adventure guide and, like, the game itself, um, and if this is mostly just flavor text for these character cards um, that you can then... Mm -hmm throw in as your NPCs or or whatever um but yeah I don't know a- an interesting tale you said that our our author has written a few more of these yeah uh they have two others so um as I was just kind of uh, uh <laughs> researching her life I guess yeah um this was like her first break was like because she went to Duke for like for writing um and then the star wars adventure journal was like i from what i understand was like her first paying gig like she she had a connection with someone who was doing those games um or doing the adventure journals and you know got her stuff published uh for the first time which i can imagine would have been pretty freaking exciting um because 
getting published is uh, not easy. Um, but it's it's definitely a good foot in the door. Um, and she she went on to like write write other like novels and that kind of stuff. Um, no doubt. But yeah, the in in terms of Star Wars, the only the only Star Wars stuff she has are the the three short stories and these adventure journals, and then she moved on to other stuff. Nice. Well, GG uh, to you, Angela. Yes. Um, and rest in peace. And uh, PC, I have a feeling we're going to be diving back into one of these adventure uh, journals again. Here's the thing now. Now that we're spinning this thing and we're starting to like, oh, we know that there's the episode one adventure books that are out there. We know what the adventure journals are. We're going to start to become more familiar with some of the stuff. I am excited if we hit another Star Wars adventure journal, just knowing generally more about what it is and knowing that there's all, all sorts of weird short stories that are for role-playing games that we get to talk about there's star dragons there's uh the high republic you know as written in 1994 or whatever red lightsabers you know like (laughs) come on this is it's all fantastic i guess you said this was like 1996 to 1998 these were published let's see this so the 94 to 97 this particular journal is so it's volume one which i I think there's only the one volume um volume one issue 11 was november of 96 okay wow how about that would have been five or six years old in november 96 man 96 Um, uh 96 is when like my memory really starts kicking in as a human being yeah like i was (laughs) i was 10 the Olympics were in Atlanta in the Ooh. summer, so like I have like memories of that. It's the first time I went to the ocean um, on a That's beach a vacation one. was '96. Like '96, uh, I'm starting to become pretty aware of the world. Nice. I would say '97, '98 is where my my memory starts to kick in. Uh, yeah, mostly around specific video games. Nice. Um, yeah, it's it's good to have touchstones. Uh, well, BC, I think we should spin this wheel. Um, the next thing we're going to cover, because we, we have to spin the wheel in, in advance because it's hard to find this stuff sometimes. Uh, but BC, you've got our next, the, the thing we spun last week, which is Wicket and the Dandelion Warriors. Is that the name of, of the little Absolutely. book? Absolutely. Yeah, I've got Wicket and the Dandelion Warriors coming. Uh, I bought it on eBay uh, for about $10. Uh, I do want to make this suggestion with our wheel. Yes. I think maybe we do a few spins because this particular one, there's a chance. I'm hoping it gets here before we record, obviously. But some of this stuff seems like it is pretty obscure and maybe kind of hard to track down. So I think we, we give it like a three. We do a three spin. So if there's anything that seems like, hey, this is going to be particularly challenging for us to get a hold of. We can build in a little padding. We can go to whatever's going to be on a timeline easier for us to get to. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to betray the wheel yet. We haven't failed yet. We could always have a backup media ready to go, which is why I'm saying we spin it a couple times as our backup media. I don't know. I don't know. I think if we're spinning it several times and making choices, I think we're killing the magic of the wheel. But no, 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 no. Uh, the magic of the wheel. Now, now everybody strap in because we're having a real cargo bay conversation here. Now, the magic of the wheel uh, has uh-huh. been pretty good. 
Now, we did uh, have to pivot off of the magic of the wheel once already and go to a micro episode, which I thought was fine. But that right, was right, not but just... that was the delay we built in because we were waiting on the book to arrive. And, I, and I'm waiting on this book to arrive, and it may not be here by Friday. Really? Yeah. I've got really? estimated between the 29th and the 2nd. Now, I'm hoping it will be here, but it is an eBay purchase from some, like, thrift book seller, right, right. I guess. Um, now, I'm hoping very much that it's here because we can talk about Wicket and the Dandelion Warriors, Warriors, which is based off of the Ewok series, which has an episode which I I started. Whew. Um, that, that show is something else. It does have a fantastic theme song. Uh, which I think at some point we should enjoy together. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I'm just, uh, my my concerns are, are a time constraint of making sure that we get the content, whether physical or digital, in time for recording. Okay, well, but how if about you this? But if you want to wheel of fate it, we can wheel of fate it. We can spin Here's it Here's what I'll say. I will take responsibility for getting whatever this piece of media is, and I will get it. I will get Let's, it. How about this? We spin it, we do a quick check, and if it's like, this is wildly unavailable on the internet, we come up with a potential alternative plan. All right, all right. Because well, we've, got, like, we've got every adventure guide so is far. accessible to us. It is. Here, I'm, I'm spinning the wheel. <gasps> it's going round and round oh, and round and round. excitement builds. Hundreds of things. Oh, rendezvous with... Rendezvous with Darkness by Charlene Newcomb, May nineteen ninety five. There we go. Rendezvous with Darkness, May nineteen ninety five. I have Rendezvous with Destiny, Adventure Journal number four, Shadows of Darkness. We're looking at another adventure journal because there's a ton of short stories in these adventure journals. So we're going back to the adventure journals. This yeah, one by yeah. Charlene Newcomb, May 1995, Journal uh, 6. I, I've got what I looked on Goodreads. Uh, there's an about the author section and it says, Charlene Newcomb, Char, that's me. Welcome to my worlds. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Charlene looks cool as hell. Uh, got on some sunglasses. I hope she's in sun. good health. I really hope we didn't just kill her. Uh, lives, works, and writes in Kansas. She is an academic librarian by trade, a U.S. Navy veteran, and has three Whoa. grown children. When not working at the library, she is still surrounded by books and trying to fill her head with all things medieval. All three books in the Battle Scars series are B R A G. Medallion honorees. Oh, okay. It was an award. I see. Book two was a finalist, and book three was short-lived in the Chaucer Awards for pre-1750 historical fiction, and both are recipients of numerous accolades. Char is a huge Star Wars fan and has contributed short stories to the expanded universe, uh, featuring an underground freedom fighter. Um, and then there's a Wikipedia link. Um, she has also published a mainstream contemporary family saga, Keeping the Family Peace, centers on the lives of a Navy family. Um, she has several short stories in the adventure journals. 
one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven. She was in the first seven. Wow. Wow. I I, I think uh, I definitely uh, want to uh, see if we can't find her on Twitter. Maybe reach out. Just get a quick, uh, hey, how you doing? We're going to talk about something you wrote. Um, so again, I really hope she's in good health. I'm still kind of freaked out about the last one. Uh, but I'm uh, excited. Look, I'm if, excited if, to dive into another adventure journal. As as recently passed away, we're gonna kill the wheel. <laughs> we're gonna stop spinning the wheel for sure because the wheel of fate is would be the wheel of death essentially. So uh, we don't want to contribute any more uh, to that. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll jump into uh, the what is it? The rendezvous with destiny, with darkness. With darkness, there's a rendezvous with destiny, which is different. I think I've got shadows of darkness and rendezvous with destiny. Uh, well, the I I guess the the wheel may have may have um messed Does us have, up. Then is it May of ninety five? Um, I I don't know. I'm scrolling right now. I, okay. I wonder if there's rendezvous with destiny and rendezvous with darkness. Um, because it looks like this character is. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it's destiny. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll, we'll confirm and verify the correct short story. Uh, but needless to say, we're going back to the uh, adventure journal, baby. Yeah, it seems like there might be a high volume of those. So so we'll see how the adventure stuff plays out. We we may make adjustments to the old wheel arena if we're having issues. Um, I mean, if you want to spin the wheel of fate again, you know. You know I'm not opposed to it, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm also I'm, excited to talk about more adventure journals. Uh, I'm I'm praying to the forest here. Dandelion Warriors book gets here on time because <laughs> yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, e e e Ewoks. Uh, I have you watched an Ewoks episode? Uh, no. Okay, just do yourself a favor and at least watch the theme song of this thing. It's a it slaps, man. Oh, I'm definitely going to watch the episode of the Ewoks <laughs> that the book we're reading is based on, for yeah, sure. It's, it's pretty nutty. It's pretty nutty. <laughs> well, BC, we got a deadline to catch halfway across the damn galaxy, so I guess we better get this ship on the move. Um, if y'all want to find us, you can find us almost everywhere at the Cargo Bay Pod. Um, you can go to thecargobaypod.com. And, uh, yeah, you can find all our links there and all that kind of stuff, I think. Uh, but, yeah, that, that's all I got, BC. Yeah, shout-out to the Cargo Bay Pod Twitter. Uh, you've been crushing it. Great, thank great you, stuff you. lately. Been really enjoying that. If you're not following there, you should be, you Cargo Babies. Yeah, please please, uh, please go over there. Give us a follow. Follow um, us. Well, thanks, thanks so much for listening out there, everybody. We'll be back for whatever the Wheel of Fate has determined. Um, and we'll catch you next week here in the Cargo Bay. Bye-bye. Go snoke yourselves!